0: This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five part podcast series sponsored by ECI on the 2023 Global Business Ethics Survey. In this podcast series, I am joined by ECI President Pat Harnett, and we take a deep dive into the survey. We look at some disturbing findings, including pressure to compromise standards. Perceived retaliation, observed and recorded misconduct. We also look at culture strength, risk reduction, and have some recommendations for you based upon this report. This podcast series will not simply review the 2023 GBES, but give you actionable information that you can benchmark your compliance program by or take back to your executive leadership team, to help improve your overall compliance program. I know you'll enjoy this special five-part series, which is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with Pat Harned in part three of our special five-part series on the 2023 ECI Global Business Ethics Survey. Pat, first of all, welcome back.
1: Thanks for having me again.
0: Pat, we continue with our review of key findings Uh, Today we're going to look at key finding one, which was employees continue to face exceptionally levels of high levels of pressure to compromise, compromise workplace standards or the law. And key finding number four, retaliation against employees who report misconduct continues to occur at acceptable rates. I held off on talking about key finding one because I wanted to pair that Specifically with key finding four, but what did you see or what did ECI see, see in key finding? One? You
1: know, it's interesting because I think if you, anybody who is really curious, wants to go back and look at 16 other GBES reports, you'd see that we almost always report on pressure first. And it's because we have learned over time that pressure is, first of all, one of the best metrics you can use in a survey. Particularly if you're not able to ask employees about the extent to which they're observing wrongdoing, because pressure is a red flag and a proxy for measuring misconduct. And so over the years, we have asked people, do you have you, do you feel pressure to compromise workplace standards or the law to do your job? It's not performance pressure. It's actually do something that is wrong. And sadly, it is. it remains essentially unchanged from the last time we looked at this metric. So in 2021, in that report, we said it was at an all-time high, and it has essentially remained unchanged.
0: But it's really, I can't say it's stayed unchanged because we've actually seen growth in that. And that's one of the things that concerned me. Could you speak to maybe what you observed late pre-pandemic going into the pandemic and where we are now?
1: We spent a lot of time looking at the impact of the pandemic on employees, particularly the last time, because we were literally going into the field as the pandemic was at its height. So it was a, a really great snapshot of how employees, what the impact of the pandemic was on employees. And we found that pressure had risen significantly for a couple of reasons. So people were feeling they needed to compromise standards just to meet performance goals. Or another that was very much a a factor of the pandemic was to always be available in the workplace. We were all working from home. Many of us still are. And that remains one of the top reasons people feel pressure. And another was to show their value, to show that they are contributing to the organization. And those elements, those drivers of the kind of pressure we're talking about have remained the same. There is something about, even though we're changing the way we're working again, those factors people feel they have to cut corners to be able to keep their jobs.
0: Now let's move to key finding four, which is, always disturbing, depressing, or somewhere along that continuum, which is retaliation. What were the what was the ECI view of key finding for Pat?
1: So we found this time that retaliation remains unchanged over the last time. It's at a record high. 46% of people who observed misconduct said that they experienced some kind of retribution for having come forward. One thing I will note is that, especially if you've been a regular follower of the TBES, the numbers were quite different in the last report. It's because we actually changed the way we asked the question about observed misconduct. And if you observed it, did you report it? If you reported it, did you experience retaliation? Follow on from that. So the, the actual percentages are different. However, the trend is the same it's high it has remained high and it is not a good finding one another metric though that was new this time that i also found really eye opening was that 45% of people who came forward to report misconduct were never contacted by their company afterwards to see if they had experienced any kind of retaliation and one in five people regardless of whether they observed misconduct, observed some kind of retaliation, and only half of those people came forward to report it. So the problem is a big one. It's not just that a lot of people, almost half of people who report wrongdoing feel they experience retaliation. It's that they feel they're alone. (laughs) They're not being supported by their company and if others are aware that it's happening, they're not coming forward to report it as a form of misconduct.
0: And I was interested in the some of the country ratings in this category of perceived retaliation. And I'll start with those favorable, which were listed as Brazil, Lebanon, Algeria, Colombia, and Argentina. And sort of two general observations, we have two uh, Arab, or at least one Arab, country in Lebanon in the same general geographic area of North Africa and the Middle East. And then we had three countries from South America who were viewed as favorable, particularly on the South American countries, uh, given the maturity of their compliance programs. I saw that as a positive Mm -hmm. because these are relatively young compliance regimes in most of these countries, yet they had a lower instance of retaliation. And then as we move to the countries that were viewed as unfavorable, Australia, Germany, Israel, Egypt, and India, here we have at least Australia, Germany, and India, relatively advanced Western Europe or Middle Eastern country, countries with high or at least unfavorable ratings. And then with India, it had the highest instance of reported misconduct. So I'm not quite sure what to make of that. <laughs>
1: Certainly one of the things that we are planning on doing after we do the big first rollout of the GBS report, we're actually going to do a series of webcasts by region so that and we're inviting different folks from companies in those areas because we need their input, their perspective of why these some of these trends may be showing up as they are. Some, as I said initially, we have heard over time there are some countries where reporting has become a form of retaliation but in others it's a different perception of what's the purpose of reporting um, but also what do you, how do you perceive what some who somebody is who comes forward are they a hero are they a villain and so a big part of that is just how companies and cultures perceive what the value is of coming forward to report something like that
0: the you mentioned several Things in there that struck me. We talked about it in part two, which is training employees that this could be an opportunity and to provide as much information as possible. Uh, I heard in there, additionally, we obviously need to train managers or perhaps even higher up the organization that retaliation has to have zero tolerance. Is that a message that we can begin to hopefully? if not educate, change the conversation on?
1: Absolutely. We have said in the past that one thing about retaliation is that it happens very quickly. And also that it tends to take the form of having an employee who reported feeling ostracized or isolated. It can also be personnel actions and other things like that. But for the most part, the kind of retaliation we're talking about actually can be best addressed by supervisors and coworkers who are very close to the employee who has come forward. And there's so much that goes into helping supervisors, as I was saying before, to not only recognize when they're getting a report, but also to help support the employee to educate them about what retaliation might look like and what they should do with that. But also, I believe one of the best things we can do for employees, particularly if they come forward, is to help them understand that they're likely to be much more sensitive to what's going on around them. They've come forward. It's an incredibly courageous act. It's also a risk. And so I do think people who report tend to be very sensitive, paying more attention to how people are behaving. And so it's an important thing for them to understand that sometimes behavior they're observing they might immediately perceive as retaliation, but it may or may not be that. And so it's important for them to remain in conversation with their supervisor, but also to come forward if they think something is happening that needs to be addressed.
0: How do all of those things hold true if the person who comes forward is a bystander, as opposed to one who may have actually experienced the harassment, the discrimination? Whatever it might have been.
1: One of the things we've seen is that somebody who is a victim of harassment, sometimes sexual assault or discrimination, they're actually less likely to come forward in the first place but also they are not likely to come forward if they experience some kind of retaliation. So those numbers get very small. And there's a lot of reasons for that. It's a deeply personal and very impactive kind of misconduct that happens to someone. Oftentimes coming forward to management to report something like that is very difficult and sometimes takes some time for somebody is able to come forward. So The patterns remain the same, but it doesn't happen as much.
0: And unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us again for part four. But before we leave, I wanted to ask you if our listeners wanted any more information on ECI or the 2023 Global Business Ethics Survey, what would be the best place for them to go?
1: We would welcome them coming to visit our website, www.ethics.org, and you'll find there all the links you need to access the GBES report, the new interactive portal we have where you can look at the data and specific metrics. Uh, Yeah, come to ethics.org. We welcome you visiting us.
0: Pat, thanks again. I look forward to uh, continuing this conversation.
1: Thanks again for having me.
0: This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of our special five-part podcast series on the 2023 ECI Global Business and Ethics Survey. I hope you'll join us tomorrow where we take up the need for an ethical culture and high quality compliance program. Once again, with Pat Harnett, president of ECI. This special five-part podcast series is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.